Welcome, stranger. You found Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. And today I want to talk a little bit from the first chapter of 1 Peter, in which he calls us strangers. He says we are strangers um, because uh, we are strange. Uh, we're strangers to this culture and this world that we live in now that we have been called to follow Jesus. And in some ways, we are probably strange. We are strange to the world and the culture around us because we live differently and we have a different hope than they have. Let's talk about that word hope because that's a key word, I think, in the book of First Peter. Let me read you a little bit of the, the first chapter. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love that term, living hope. As far as I know, Peter is the only person, only New Testament writer that uses that term. We have a a living hope uh, because our hope is not in um, a wished-for outcome, but our hope is in a person, and that person is Jesus. So he is a a living hope, an ever-living, forever-living person that we follow, and our hope is in him. So it's a living hope. So um, he says, praise be to God who has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And then he goes on to say, and to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Uh, now that's, that's a wonderful promise right there. Um, because we have this hope and we follow Jesus, we have now this in eternal inheritance. And this inheritance um, is our salvation, but it is all aspects of our salvation. It's everything about this, this God life that he has put in us. That's our inheritance, and we have it through Jesus. And I love how it's, he says that it is, it's kept for us, um, and it never perishes, spoils, or fades. That's a beautiful promise. Uh, nothing can take that away from us. It is kept. That word kept is a military word. It means it's it's guarded. And uh, we know that it's guarded. This hope that we have, this inheritance, is guarded by the, the most powerful presence in the universe. So we can trust that it will be there and, and no one will snatch it away from God Almighty. Uh, he says that we have this inheritance um, for us who are through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now he introduces a new topic, and that topic is is suffering. And the reason why he does is that seems to be the purpose in his writing this, this letter to um, various believers in Asia. He sees and knows that uh, persecution is heading their way and that they are going to have to suffer. So he's writing this letter to give them some understanding of what, how they need to view that in terms and in, in light of their Christian walk. So in verse 6 he says, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes, perishes um, though refined by fire, that your faith may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
So here's the idea. Uh, he sees the inevitability of suffering coming to these churches and to these individuals. Uh, so we are not in the exact same position that they are, and yet uh, this this is true of our life also. There is the inevitability of suffering that comes to all of us. And so it's easy for me to read First Peter and, uh, and gain meaning about how I also should walk through suffering. And uh, so looking back at us, he says, in all of this, you greatly rejoice. Now, all of this refers to uh, what we read earlier about our living hope and our inheritance in heaven and the relationship that we have forever with God uh, through Jesus. He says we need to rejoice in that even though we're going through suffering. Now, that teaches me a little bit right there. Uh, when I go through suffering, I need to have an eternal perspective or a bigger perspective than just the narrowness of the difficulty that I'm going through. I need to see that um, I'm an eternal being in an eternal re- relationship with God Almighty. And, uh, and so what I go through in the short term here on earth is only um, a, a, a speck in comparison to uh, the greatness of the relationship that I have with him and will have forever. So he says rejoice in the things that you have, even though for a little while you may have, have to suffer grief. I like how he says a little while, by the way. Um, that doesn't define the length of time that they were going to have to suffer, but it does suggest that suffering is for a season, uh, that it doesn't come on us forever. Even if that suffering were to last to the end of my, um, my mortal life here on earth, that is still nothing in comparison to the forever relationship that I have with the Father. Suffering comes on us for a season. God allows it in our lives for a season. And uh, in verse 7, I think there's another important thing to know about suffering. He says these sufferings, these trials have come on you so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of more worth than gold, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So the point of verse 7 to me is that our trials and our sufferings can have purpose. Now, when I go through a difficult place, um, I think the most difficult thing about suffering is sometimes it just seems pointless. It seems like uh, the universe has it out for us, and we're going through something that that makes no sense and is worthless in our lives. But uh, verse 7 implies to me that no matter what we go through, uh, it can have purpose. God can use it, as he says here, that it proves uh, our uh, helps us to uh, grow in our faith and the genuineness of our faith, he says, and that the end result of us walking through this suffering is that it will brings praise and glory and honor uh, to Jesus Christ. So when I walk through suffering, it is such a valuable tool to have an understanding that what I'm walking through has purpose not only in my life to, to strengthen my faith, but also in the world at large as it can shine the light and bring glory to Jesus. And if, as a believer, 
that's the ultimate goal of my life anyway. If I follow him, I want my life to bring glory to Jesus. And so there's no suffering that I go through that can separate me from that purpose. Hey, that's just a glimpse at the beginning of First Peter. Hope that you take some time to, to read through this great letter this week. Have a great week.